Uh, yeah, we need a cool handshake. We got to work on that. You know, this may surprise you. I'm not yeah. a huge fighter. I'm not a. I'm not a great handshake guy. Well, hey, that's what friends are for. I'm going to teach you a little bit. Give you a little soul, a little rhythm in your handshake. All right. Oh yeah, that's right. It's Chris Sims unbutton, and we're trying to teach this guy to the right of me, Ahmed Fareed from Detroit. From Detroit, yeah. where they should have soul handshakes. And all of that type of stuff, I'm trying to teach that to the guy. So, you know, we're getting there. It's a work in progress, but it was a good start next week. Ahmed Fareed in town, straight off the plane from Toronto, doing yeah. baseball yesterday. What's up, dude? How are you? So I'm not from Detroit, but from Michigan. Well, okay. West side of the state. It sounds so better a, when I say Detroit. It does. Then you just means like you're down the road from B-Rabbit, but, and you're supposed to know that But stuff. then people assume I'm good at handshakes, I know. though. So that's the problem. If you <laughs> yes. said Grand Rapids, Michigan would yeah. be like, well, probably not. <laughs> going to be a great handshake, and their expectations are lower. Yeah, right. All right. So, I mean, you, you did okay. I mean, that was okay last week. You're, no, you we have posted the ability the, to do it. The GIF of it. Yeah. Right? Pete did that. And GIF or GIF. GIF or GIF, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> we got to just come up with a totally different word for that, I think. <laughs> just call it something else. Um, but uh, I, I, and I put the caption, it looks like I'm meeting a human person for the first time because it did look kind of awkward. But here, here's the problem for me. Yeah. You're an elite handshake I'm elite. guy. I'm You're elite. elite. I am. I am. I'm in the top tier of quarterbacks. I'm in the top five of Chris Sims' top 40 countdown yeah. in the handshake department. Yes. You know, you're towards the bottom. <laughs> you're working your way up. Like you're you you're could, unproven commodity yet. You could save an awkward handshake right in the middle of it somehow. Like, I, I don't know how can. you do. Yes. I definitely can. Yes. Or as I told you, or we just got to have a coaching session. Sometimes there's just no saving it and you go, okay, hold on. It's over. Yeah. But let's readdress what just happened right there and go back to the <laughs> drawing board and fix that. So the next time we see each other, we're cooler. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's where we go with that. All right. This Chris Sims on button. Hey, you know, we got a little ask me anything today. Yeah. We got favorite alternate helmets. All right. Also, what I want to give a little love to here before we start our homage to the YouTube page. Yeah. Bill Russell. Yeah. Him passing away yesterday. That was a big deal. I mean, even for a guy like me that was born after the time of Bill Russell's career, know how important he was. So I hate to see that. RIP to him. Like, I was trying to think, like, and maybe you can, I know that I'm throwing this on you, like, off out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Who's the Bill Russell of the NFL? Who's the guy that's like... You know, the old wise man that grew the game and has been around hovering, kind of making sure the game goes in the right direction, adding some great knowledge of social right. and relevant issues. And like, who is that? That's where it's that's a tough one. I think that's kind of shows you how special Bill Russell is, because I don't know if like Jim Brown is who I think of. He's definitely one of the guys I think of. I think Jim Brown, in my opinion, is the first yeah. marquee African-American football player in the NFL. Yeah. And then he did tackle some of these issues and has right. been a guy that's kind of been like the wise man to add some thought into the – but that was like the only one that kind of came to my mind. It's hard. Right? I, you know, I don't know that we're going to get no, many that's what more I mean. people like I know, this. Right. And I don't think it's because we don't have people like this anymore but yeah. it's such a different environment where it's like everyone loves to take shots at people yeah you know, especially people who put their their neck out there yeah and try to no try to do something bigger than just the sport yeah. or uh bigger than their little area and but but he was just so well respected like you're not gonna find many people to say many bad things about about bill russell even people who maybe disagreed with him politically or yeah. what he was fighting for or some of his stances on things he's just you could you said he's a good man right he's trying to do what he thinks is best 
Um, so yeah. And that news hit a lot of people hard. Yeah, definitely. I, I, remember was I was in Toronto and I was working with Cliff Floyd, former Major League Baseball player. He never even met him. And right. when he found out, he was like, oh, man, really? Yeah, I know. Like, it hit, hit, hit him hard. So, yeah. yeah. He's a legend. A legend of the sport. A legend of all sports, really. I and mean, he's one of the sport icons, I think, in, in the history of our country, really, for all the reasons you just stated. Not only what he did on the field, but what he did off the field. Special guy. So RIP to him. Condolences go out to his family. Um, and uh, that's that. Yep, that's that. Eleven-time NBA champ. Right? Um, that's insane. That's, yeah. that's crazy. I, insane. Someone told me that. Or like, hey, we, we did a little bit on our baseball show, and like eleven-time NBA champ. I was like, that's that's insane. Yeah, that's it is. insane. All right, so uh, so we got uh, the ask me anything as Chris said. Uh, also, want to remind you too that uh, we're on a new YouTube page. That's yeah. starting to get out there now. Yeah, people are starting to. Starting to talk about that, starting to subscribe. Word spreading on the street. When I first checked it, it was 500 people. Right. And I was like, oh, the first 500. Is That's that right? That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, there were 500 people. I was and like, where, where are we at? What are, I, I think we were at 2,000 the last I checked. Okay. Um, 6.9 thousand we're up to. Okay. So if you're not subscribed, you can still be one of the first 10,000. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool. Right. And if you're one of the first 10,000, you will always know that you were one of the first 10,000. I was going to say, are you, are you implying that there's some reward that goes here? I was <laughs> <Yeah>. waiting. <laughs> Personal reward. You're just one of the first 10,000, and that's yeah. all you get. You can say that. Thank you very much. No doubt about it. YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC. It's all the NFL content. That we do here at NBC. Yeah. Mike Florio is going to be on there. You're on there. Stuff from Football Night in America is going to be on there. Yeah. Fantasy football is on there. You're going to be on there. I'm going to be on there. Yeah. We're all on How there. How long do you think it'll be? And what does the number have to get to until we have to stop doing this promo at the start of every That's pod? That's a great what do you question. 50,000, 100,000 before they stop asking us to do it? I think that regardless, they will say after another what? What do you think, Pete? Two weeks? Two weeks will stop? He thinks we got to go until so regardless, regardless of time, it's yeah. going to until fifty thousand maybe. Right. All right. So All right. that's incentive. That's incentive. There. If, if there you, you want to hear us stop talking about it, subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe I, and get up to fifty thousand. I also had a big weekend from this standpoint. I figured I'd share this with you because yeah. I shared it with the PFT crew today. Okay. Was, yesterday was a sad day for me. Right. So today's the start of a new month, August first. I'm trying to go no weed this month. I'm taking a month off from weed. So yesterday was my last day smoking. Here I go. Okay. Into this new month of soberness. Okay. So I've right. got a lot of questions about this. Yeah, cool. So your last day. Yeah. Did you go like as much as you've done? I green to- I greened out as my daughter <laughs> told me. <laughs> I told them like on Saturday. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I'm dad's doing this will be my last day or two of smoking and I'm going to, you know, take the month off." And my little girl who's 16 now, you know, she looks at me and she goes, "You better green out then, dad." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and she's like, "Green out." And I was like, "What do you mean? Like just smoke all the green I can smoke?" And she's yeah. like, "Yep, you just got to get sick of it." Yeah. So I tried that yesterday. I did do that. And you did. I did. And are you sick of it? I, I'm not really. Not yeah. as to the extent I wanted to be. <laughs> but I did do it. Last time that you've gone a full month oh, without It's been a while smoking. since I did a full month. I've done like some like week, yeah. two weeks. You've talked about that before. Right. Three take a little break, weeks. a pause. I've done I've done that, but this, a month I don't think has been done in a while. And I'm not sure if I can even call it. Maybe up. ever? No, it's been done before for sure. Uh, but I want to say it might be six, seven years since I've taken the full month. Well, back—I mean, back when you were playing, they I, tested for it, right? They tested for it. 
I was full transparency. I think I've told you this before. I was in the drug program six out of the eight years I was in the NFL career. Okay. In my NFL career. Because I was always like, oh, it's the first week back. They won't get us the first week. So I'd, yeah. I'd like, you know be a little daredevilish and then of course like first week we're back in OTAs they get I'm like oh my gosh are you kidding me so I had a few of those and then once you're in it you're in it for two years so I had that I had like the opposite of that too where it was like we got done end of June you have the little break before training camp and I was like oh it's July 3rd they won't get me the first few days back at training camp on July 25th yeah. And, of course, that's what happened. So, yeah. yeah, I have no one to blame but myself. Uh, so I took a lot of time off during my playing career. Do you think – because a lot of times they say that maybe this would be beneficial for all the injuries 100%. and bumps and bruises. Do you think it would have helped you uh, to be able yeah. to do it during – I do. I do. I do. I do. There's like two parts of it. There's one part of me that's like, well, I can never, no one can ever use that as an excuse of why it didn't work, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you smoked too much. No, actually, I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it for six out of the eight years. But, no, yeah, I do – I think that, um, yeah, it could have took some stress off me, probably took a little bit of pain and some of the issues I was having, certainly with my spleen and all yeah. that. I think the biggest thing is the stress thing. That's why I think players look at it. You know, that's why a lot of people look to drinking or whatever. You just, hey, end of the day, end of the week, whatever. Oh, it's been a lot. You know, let me take a smoke, relax, let my mind just go wherever. And, you know, you can make the body feel good, certainly. And I do think that that's where it would have helped me a little bit. It, as I've always told you, helps me to reevaluate myself, maybe reevaluate things that bothered me during the day. Why did that bother me? Kind of deeply think into that. That's where I find weed very helpful in my personal life. Hmm. So yeah. what are we going to notice over this next month? I don't know. I mean, you, you probably won't see the bad stuff. I'll probably be edgy and not that nice the first few days. <laughs> at home yeah. we'll see how that goes but only my <laughs> wife will have to deal with that yeah, yeah. we'll see very little difference here at yeah. work yes. on chris sims uh, unbuttoned exactly which we always like to have questions from the homies and so we've lined the, up these questions you have things that you want to know there are things that have happened in the nfl there is yeah they have come together so we're going to hit a lot of the big news around the nfl with questions that you have about those certain topics and so let's start with the big news that came out Earlier today, Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension has been handed down by the judge, and now the NFL can perhaps appeal. Maybe they have by the time you're listening to this podcast. So this is not done-done yet, uh, but we're getting there. We're getting closer to being done. Uh, Matty Bostick says, Do you think the potential six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson will reflect negatively on the NFL's image for being too soft? Yes, I do. I do. I mean, I, I just think it's, again, it's a hot-button topic. We know it's a hot-button topic, not in the NFL and just, you know, current relevant news. But as you know, it's a hot-button topic, just this issue to begin with in our country the last few years. It is. So that's where, you know, I think with the optics, it's a very tough one. Again, as we know, you know, there's 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 been no charges. He's didn't get indicted, so there's going to be that side who is on Deshaun Watson's side of it and go, look, none of that happened. He should just be able to be free. And then there's going to be the other side of it that's going to go, wait, but there's 30 women, 30 that the Texans settled with. Deshaun settled with 23 out of the 24 as of right now with one left. 
You know, we know there's other women out there that, you know, at least were somewhat involved to a degree. So I do. I think between that and then as we talked about in the spring with Trevor Bauer getting a two-year suspension for Major League Baseball, that's where I think it's going to look soft. I do. And I think that, yeah, you're going to have people who, you know, are – are paying attention to this common fan or just the casual fan that's, hey, who knows Deshaun, who knows Deshaun Watson and knows what a big subject this is, I think they're going to reflect on this very negatively. I, 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 I didn't think in the spring I thought it was going to be a year. I, and as I said on Pro Football Talk today, to me the, the change, and I said this yes last week too, the change happened when I can't remember who it was, but somebody wrote the article about – some of the owners who have had bad conduct, Ursay, Kraft, uh, missing somebody else, you know, Dan Snyder, right. you know, you know J- Jerry Jones, you know, all those to where, you know, th- they wrote that, hey, listen, they, these guys, these are the owners, the CBA states that, you know, they should be held to the letter of the law every bit as much as the players, if not more, because they're owners. And I think a lot of people in the public feel like those owners got off with like a slap on the wrist. So then here we have owner, quarterback, you know, player, you know, African-American. There's a lot of optics to play in this to where, yes, I think a year suspension, you know, as far as comparing it to the past owners looks harsh. And I think ever since that was brought to light, which I want to say mid-June or whatever, I feel like ever since that point, that swayed a little bit of a public opinion, but I feel like it swayed me, and I know it swayed others to make me think, like, oh, no, this year suspension is not going to happen. The yeah. NFLPA has a real case here to argue against the NFL, and that's where I started to change my tune and go, I think it's going to be six, eight, ten, ten games. I mean, no more than ten. You know the most important thing that yeah. I think needs to happen right. for Deshaun Watson? Yeah. He needs to own it. Yeah. And he hasn't done that yet. No. No, I know. There's got to come a point where he owns this. Right. And he says, what I did was wrong. You know, I made mistakes. I'm, I'm going to try to get better. Um, and we're, that's the only way you can move on. Yeah. Because with his press conference, and I know that legalities were still ongoing, and they're still ongoing yeah, at this right. point. He tried to say some things, but he didn't quite address it like yeah, that. Yeah, like the full story will come out. Yeah. I'll be vindi- I, even to the point, like, the truth will come out. Yeah. And it's kind of implying that maybe these women were lying. He's got to own it. And he's got to say, this was bad. I'm going to get better. I apologize. And let's move on. Until that happens, I feel like a lot of people are going to have negative feelings towards Deshaun Watson. I, I, I hear you there. And, you know, I don't know you know, how far he's going to go down that road there. It's, it's, this is just going to be one of those sensitive subjects. I know. Yeah, I think he's – yeah, I hear you. Take some ownership. Again, I don't think he's going to ever say he's guilty or anything like that, but just say when he kind of tried to say this during the introductory press conference, like he feels bad for the position he's put everybody in. Yeah. That's what he tried to say. But you're right. This, that's not going to go over well with everybody. It's not. You know, this is a dicey one. Again, there is a huge spotlight on this. With six games, yeah, I'm a little surprised it was that low. I thought maybe it would be eight, but I'm not shocked at six. All right. I don't think the NFL can come back and give him 17. I don't. I think that will look too harsh now and almost like borderline like you're picking on the black quarterback type of thing too. Yeah. I'll just say that too. We're just flat out, at least what the, I think some people's optics will look like, right? So that's where I wonder you know, where this goes, but I don't, it's not over yet. As we know, the NFL has the last say. They roughly have 72 hours to uh, rebuttal this. 
And again, Roger Roger Goodell is the guy ultimately that can still upstage Judge Sue Robinson's decision here and decide to do really whatever he wants and what he deems necessary and what's best for the NFL. And that's where I do think public opinion is going to come into account. And then him talking to the five or eight owners that are talked to on a regular basis about big subjects in the NFL, the guys that really run the day-to-day league. Uh, I would imagine those conversations are going to go down and you're going to see where it happens. We'll see where it goes from there. Story is not done, but it's not done. within the next week, we should have a pretty good idea of where this is going, if it's going to continue or if it is going to pretty much end before the season I, begins. I would think we're going to know here. I wonder. We have... You know, Hall of Fame game on Thursday night. Yeah, I have a. I have. I think because of that, I, I think that the NFL is not going to come back with their revised suspension yet because they're not going to want NBC maybe taking a half hour talking about this subject on the first pregame NFL show of the year. I could see them maybe coming that with that yeah. Friday. Yeah. So it's like, wait, you know, this is supposed to be the Hall of Fame. Happy, we're doing something great, and look at our you know, career achievement guys here, but we're talking about a black eye on the sport here. That's where I think the rebuttal comes on Friday from Roger Goodell and company. And here's, you know, it's a complicated subject. And here's one other thing, too, people need to understand. You know, again, it doesn't always take guilt or an actual charge or anything like that for you to be suspended by the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott had far less than this and was suspended six games. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, it's one person and he, again, was never charged or anything either. Right. And he was suspended. So the NFL, they have a little leeway here for sure. And I do think because of the Ray, Ray Rice subject that they tend to usually be overly hard when it comes to you know, suspensions on players because they don't want to look soft or mess up like they did with the Ray Rice thing. And that's where ultimately I think that I think that I think that it will be somewhere at eight to ten games. I think Roger yeah. Goodell's going to step in and he'll, he'll up this up up this suspension a little bit. There are some people that make the argument like this is not the NFL's realm here. They say, whatever happens off the field, it happened off the field, away from the game, doesn't I know. affect the well, game. Normal they should businesses, not even wait sure. into stuff like this. But I even think normal businesses, though. I mean, if if you did something that was unbecoming, that wasn't necessarily illegal or you didn't get charged for, NBC would be well within their right to be like, I don't think we want to be associated with, yeah, with right. Chris anymore. Well, or, or not even high profile like you or a CEO of a company or even a worker at a company that makes other people that work there uncomfortable, even if you're not charged. Yeah. I mean, the rules are pretty similar for other people out there, too. Yeah, they are, to a degree. Companies don't need a... A ruling, CBA. a guilty verdict, a guilty verdict to necessarily make a move that they think is right for their company. No, no, they don't. They don't necessarily. But, you know, it's just, I think it's, you know, you don't need that. But there's also, I think, a lot of cases out there where there's employees of companies who are in legal trouble and have issues, and their company has no idea. Guy got a DUI. Yeah. He's going to trial next month. And... You know, J.P. Morgan has no idea that he's going to trial next month and that he was driving around drunk all last month. They have no idea. That doesn't happen. But where it is different, again, is there is a contract between the players and the NFL. Negotiated. So there is a negotiated contract there. This is within the power of the NFL. And I understand that, too, within the fact that this is a guy that's in the spotlight. They're selling football. And with somebody like a quarterback who's going to be on TV and full facial, you know, like uh, here's Deshaun Watson for four hours, you know, every Sunday. And then on a highlight show, 
you know, an hour each day on every channel, that it does reflect on your league, and that's what they're worried about as far as protecting their assets. So I'll, I'll be uh, be interested to see where this goes. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Maybe over the next couple of days before the Hall of Fame game, Chris will be at that coming up on Thursday to Booyah. kick off the preseason. Another quarterback in the news has been Kyler Murray signed that big contract, and then it came out that there was a clause in the contract that he had to study for, what, four hours per week on individual film study, and right. then that got out, created a, a big uh, hubbub, and they got rid of that part of the contract. And so Sam Bivlin, 01, wants to just know, what is watching film like? Like, is there any explanation to why Kyler said he doesn't watch film the conventional way? Are there more ways than one. So yeah, what do you, what do you think? Dig a little deeper on this story yeah. of uh, of of what's going on here on on why the team may have put that in there to begin with and why Kyler says he doesn't watch it the conventional way. Right. All right. It's a, it's a deep subject. There's a lot here to, to unpack here uh, as far as the question, which uh, I do I do like the question. First all of right. all, you think it was the right move for them just to get rid of the yes. clause? Yes. I mean, yeah. the first thing I think we need to address, thank you. Just yeah, the first thing is get rid of it. You know, why haven't you made a statement, Arizona, Steve Kime, owner, say something to stick up for your quarterback? You know, why? I almost put this under the category of, like, the Jordan Love or we're going to go flirt with Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield won't get mad, right? I almost put it in that category. Like, really? You didn't think this was going to get out? You didn't think this was going to be an issue? It's like, to me, like, it's it's in the stupid category. Well, we didn't think drafting Jordan Love in the first round would bother Aaron Rodgers. Well, then you're stupid. I don't know what other way to say it. So, you know, that, that's where I don't get it. What was the positive of doing it? You know, the positive is this, this is, you know, so, so there's that, all right? And why couldn't they have had a conversation? Why couldn't you have done it in a way to where, like, hey, you pull him in as he signed the contract and just say, hey, we love you. We, you know, you're the man and we're so happy. We're going to have you here for a long time. But there is one concern we got. We'd like you to be a little bit better with film watching. Hey, we're going to, you know, you say it to him. Hey, we're gonna, we want to make sure you watch film with blah, 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 coach an hour every day, blah, blah, blah. If they just said something like that, I think the point gets across, period. And then it's not a public issue like it is right now. You don't embarrass yourselves. You look kind of stupid, Arizona, for what you've done. And you've embarrassed your quarterback. And who knows what you've done to the relationship going forward. So I think that's the first thing I, I, like, I'm just, I guess, amazed by to a degree. Right. All right? The second thing is, you know, do I think this is still like a real th- – I don't think the owner just put this in it and be like – you know, I just want to put an asshole clause in here and just so we make him look like an asshole after I give him $230 million. Right. I just, let me just, let me, let's put this in there. No. And then the fact that, again, that Eric Burkhart, you know, uh, he represents Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And the fact that it was in the contract, again, just makes me believe, and again, I don't know this, that this is real. It's a real subject. And you know, if you talk to enough people around the league, you're led to believe that, this is something that Arizona does really believe Kyler could get better at. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's the first thing. Yep. All right. We'll get into more of it here now. And because of that, I also want to say like, it doesn't mean he's lazy. It just might mean he puts his eggs in other baskets. Like, you know, okay. Maybe he's more into working out and being in the gym and being on the field and doing footwork drills and, and throwing the ball 150 times a, a day on his own. 
where other quarterbacks might not be doing that stuff, but they might be in the film room a little bit more. And there are other quarterbacks out there. I'd go, you need to get on the fucking field and do some of the work. Maybe Kyler Murray's doing, right? Because you 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 need help there. We know you know what the blitz is. We you can't do some of the things you need to do on the field. So again, I don't I don't like how it's being portrayed as maybe a bad work ethic thing. That to me is unfair to Kyler. It can Murray. be a misallocation exactly of your resources attention. or what yeah. you're doing. Or I'm young and I just didn't realize I had to put this in there quite right. yet, right? All right, so now, the watching film. What is watching film like, right? Watching film, first off, it has nothing to do with your offense. Nothing. Like, I had some people last week, like, well, does he not know his playbook? No. If he didn't know his playbook, they wouldn't have fucking gave him $230 million. Yeah. If it was that bad, it'd be a really issue. Watching film is just about trying to, okay, have an idea of your game plan, your pass protections, and things like that, and then, oh, wait, this is what the defense does. Okay, how am I going to adjust to that if we have this play called and if we have this play called what am I going to do and coach is giving me some checks and all that so you're going through those mental gymnastics there to train yourself and then also while doing that you're trying to get clues to give you a little advantage oh you know and I think I might have said this to you last week Oh, here I am underneath the center blue 45 I'm looking around oh, okay it looks like cover four. Oh wait the nickel back his right foot's up and his left leg's back Oh, man, I saw on film, that means he's blitzing all week. It means it's a blitz on film. You know, when he doesn't blitz, his, hand, his legs are, are totally, you know, equal on both sides, and he's in a balanced stance. Okay, so that's, that's why you watch film. You get little clues like that, so now where you don't have to go set hut and go, oh, shit, he's coming. He, did, he is blitzing. I got to just make something happen and go. You do it to go, oh, wait, I see it. All right, hey, check, hot route, whatever. Let's get the protection over here. And it gives you just that split-second advantage, again, yeah. to get your team and your offense in the right position or whatever else that way. That's and, what film study does. And maybe Kyler's argument would be, why has that got to be my job? Why can't, why can't one of the – you know, million coaches we got now tip me off to that. I'm out here trying to get faster, yeah, run faster, you sure. know. No, no. I, create and listen, rapport with teammates. I think and, some of that's probably going on, too, yeah. and, and to a degree. And I and there's you're right. I mean, the coach does. They should help you that. But at the same time, it's on the player, too, to continue to study those things and find them and be really comfortable to where, you know, you don't have to be like, oh, wait, oh, gosh, he does have his leg. Like, it's just, it's seamless. You yeah. want it to be seamless that way. And I think... You know, that's where, you know, again, I don't think it's a I, – I don't doubt the guy's work ethic for sure. I think it's the allocation of what you're talking about and having to put more into it that way. Then you add on the fact, again, of natural human nature, right? All right, I use this example in pro football talk today. You know, first off, he's a really gifted athlete. There's no I – mean, there's not a lot of players that are gifted as Kyler Murray athletically. Right. That's a short list of quarterbacks that can do the things he can do, Right. Typically, those type of great, natural, physical, freaky type of guys, yet they're usually not on, you know, the, oh, the, the film study and this and that and this and that. You know, like we talked about a little last week, Kyler Murray never lost a game in high school. He lost, what, one or two in college. He's the first pick of the draft. He comes in and has instant success in the NFL. So he, to this point, is probably like, well, what's wrong with me? Everything I'm doing is good and we're good and we're in the playoffs last year and everything's going in the right direction. You know, so he but but he's been able to get away with it because of great physical ability, which are freakish quarterback type of things, you know, and 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 and, and it's like I, we can go back through the test of time with these great physical quarterbacks to where it's to me not a black or white issue. It's yeah. a physical freak issue. Brett Favre 
Do you know how many people were with Brett Favre and Green Bay and go, well, if he, I wonder, we always wondered how good he would be if he really immersed himself and just studied mm-hmm. and really was into the film watching and everything like you said. But he was a little bit of like, hey, just be quiet. Let me go out and throw fucking lasers and don't confuse me. Right. Big Ben Roethlisberger, same way. You know, Josh Allen, he's fighting through that stuff. I've been just doing my physical ability because I, I get it done always. Yeah. And he's doing, getting better in that department. So, you know, that's, it's a physical freak thing. Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, same type of thing. We talked about Mahomes last year. Yeah, Mahomes being greedy and doing things like that. That's all the same thing. He's got great talent. His whole life he's been able to, oh, wait, I don't want to throw the five-yard completion. I'm going to make this guy miss, and I'm going to throw the 40-yard post down the middle because that's what I want to throw. It always happens. It always works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's what happens here a little bit with a guy like Kyler Murray. And, you know, it's just uh, a little unfortunate. They put him in this situation, yeah. and it's, it's going to be the conversation around him all year long. And, and I, I bet hope I explained that the yeah, right way. Yeah, and I bet it's not so cut and dry, right? People no. have this idea of like, all right, if you watch four hours of film, you're going to get something out of it that you're going to be able to use in the game, and it's going to work. That might not be the case. You no. might watch four hours of film and not really pick up anything, that, and you go to the game, and they're not running the coverages that you looked at on film, or they're disguising sure. it differently, sure. or... One thing you thought you knew from the way the guy stood actually turns out that that was just that one game. There's no doubt. And so there was no point to that. There's no doubt. Four hours. And maybe next week there's no point to the four hours. But that third week, oh, you did pick up something that helped you for one or two plays. There, there's, there's, there's always a point to it. But to your point, you're right, it doesn't always cover your ass completely in a game. I mean, it doesn't. It just doesn't. I mean, certainly. I had a game against Arizona Cardinals one year, my second year in the NFL. We thought we had the Cardinals blitz package picked up because of a few things we saw on film. When they do this, they're bringing this. Well, we got out there, and it was like fucking opposites day. Yeah. The thing we thought, oh, here they – this linebacker's on the line of scrimmage. They're going to be bringing this mix. Oh, wait, he's on the line of scrimmage, and they brought a totally different fucking blitz. I watched all this film all week, and it just – none of it helped me. Oh, shit, John Gruden, what do we do now? Your game plan was all on that. So to your point, yes, but at the same point, there's always something you can learn from it. You always, at least in the very least, even if you don't get a clue or something like that that really helps you out, there's a comfort level as well of like, wait, I've seen this. I've seen these guys do this. I know what they do off of this. I know how this this guy's fast. He can really cover that area. So it gives you a comfort zone as you watch it too. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, But, yeah, this is going to be a hot-button topic uh, certainly. And you see it spilled over into Mahomes this weekend, Warren Moon making comments. All that, you know, I know Mahomes made the comment about like, he thought it was weird that he, Lamar, and Kyler Murray have to deal with this. And again, that's where I go into, you know, it's it's nobody questioning the color of the skin because you play quarterback. It's a style of play that's being questioned. Yeah. And it's a little bit of that backyard football play sure. that, yes. I think we had some unnamed defensive coordinators last week make some comments about Lamar's inability to throw and Lamar and Mahomes. If the first read isn't there, then he just wants to play backyard football. Okay, well, yeah, because they've been able to do that and be successful right. for the majority of their career. But that to me is not a black or white issue. That's where I just that's the only thing that's bothered me a little bit about this. It's a physical freak issue. It's a physical freak. You can ask Mike Shanahan. He could tell you in the middle of the 80s, Elway didn't always do things by the book because he just would have said, fuck, I'm fast, and I'll throw a laser 70 yards across the field. Fuck your play or your check. Right. It's part of being a physical freak at times of what happens. It's like a gift and a curse. So Brett Favre, whatever. Yes. What, B- Big Ben we talked about. Yes. But when it really matches up and becomes scary is when you have the guy that 
puts it all together, which we've seen Mahomes do. Yep. You know, yep. puts the checks together and can do the background play. Aaron Rodgers, same type of thing. Whoa, he can do backyard football, but he's all over the mental stuff too. And that's when defensive coordinators get really scared is when you're that. They're more scared of the guy that can, like, have an answer for every one of their defenses more than the guy that can just make backyard plays happen. Because defensive coordinators more time, they're going to go, if he keeps doing these backyard plays, he'll make a mistake. He'll throw a dumb interception. He'll try to fit a ball in there yeah. like Mahomes did on a deep cross in the AFC Championship game. They, they would rather play that guy than the guy that's going to go, oh, man, he sees my blitz and got in the right check. Oh, he got the right protection. That's, that's you sure. know, not, not exactly uh, the guy they want to see all the time. Yeah, last thing I'll say is yeah. if they could have designed it differently, because obviously the team saw value in him looking at film, but if right. they could have designed the contract differently, exactly. you really don't care if Kyler Murray watches film. What you want is the results that bring that come when you watch film exactly so it's almost like if they could have designed it in a way it's like if you don't check out of these plays when this happens you know that's how you'd really want to write the contract you want the results you want fewer interceptions you want more touchdowns you don't care if you can get there without watching film you'll take that um but i, I don't know that there's a way to yeah. do that but they've they've erased it and it's gone yep it's and, gone and Thank will, God. They, he's hoping no one will ever talk about this ever again at least they didn't double down yes. that's a good thing I would like to see them come out and speak on his behalf a little bit just to stick up for him a little bit there. That would be nice, too. And last thing I'll say, because I, I just, you know, hey, you know, again, it's a gift and the curse. It's just like anything. When, when you're really talented in one thing, you know, sometimes you start not to practice that as much because it's just naturally and you're good at it. Like, period. Like, Kirk Cousins can't afford to not be like that. He's not physically gifted enough. So he has to be and try to give himself every detailed clue he can to make it work. Yeah. Because if he doesn't see the blitz coming off the edge, he's getting blindsided. He can't be like Murray or Mahomes and spin out and then make a guy miss and make magic happen. So, you know, that's the it, – it's, again, it's the give and the take of what the player and the athlete is either way. I, I don't doubt that Kyler Murray is smart. I know he works hard. And I think this is just going to – he's going he's gonna to be pissed off now. And I think it's just going to make him a better player when all said and done. Um, but, but, yeah, that's part of the, being the freaky quarterback in the NFL. Maybe that was the genius of the Cardinals. Maybe it's going to make him I mad, make, make him play even better and have his best year yet in the NFL for a while there. It looked like, though, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals were going to maybe part ways. We thought the same thing about Debo Samuel and the 49ers, but they had kind of made up. He was yep. showing up at training camp. He was there. And then we got the news yesterday that they have agreed, Debo and the 49ers, three-year extension, $73.5 million, 58 of it guaranteed. So they are together for a while now. So just first of all, what, what, do, you think, what do you think of the deal? When you heard the news, were you surprised, or did you think this is where it was headed? I, no, I, I was not surprised that the deal got done. I, I think, you know, again, uh, put this into the category of, like, I know my friend Kyle Shanahan, and I have confidence in my friend Kyle Shanahan, and the fact that what I think I've been saying from really the get-go, that he was – they were just going to let things calm down a little bit. You know, like I've, you've heard me say about Sean McMay, Shanahan is a master communicator with players. He really is. You know, so his ability to do that, soothe things over, slowly pick away, peck away at whatever the issues were there, they broke that down. And that, to me, is a credit to Lynch and Shanahan and their ability to do that. They understand how important he is as a player. So I have been, I mean, never doubted that this, we were going to be at this moment. You know, I think when you couple that to Shanahan's offense, how important he is to that offense, 
you know, Trey Lance, how important he'll be to Trey Lance's development and take some pressure off of him in week one. That's why I never doubted it. I, and I know Shanahan loves Debo Samuel, too. So I think because of all those reasons, I'm not surprised to see this get, deal get done. What is it, around $24 million a year, about in that 24 range? $24 million a year. It's $58 million guaranteed. guaranteed. So it's, it's it, you know, he's going to get like 50, uh, $29 million the first, you know, two years, each on each, basically. So similar to what some of these other big names wide receivers have gotten, right? Right, So you think, obviously, because you had him as your number two wide receiver right now in the NFL – you think that was a fair deal? Fair deal for the 49ers? Fair deal, fair, fair deal for Debo? I think it's a better deal for the 49ers than Debo. I, I do. I, I think the second thought I had was I'm not surprised that they got us done. The second thought I had was, wow, I thought it would be for more money. I did. Hmm. I did. You know, one, like we just talked about, for my money, he is the second best receiver in football, arguably the number one weapon in the game, really. And then, again, as we just discussed with Shanahan, the Trey Lance thing, all that, you know, how important he is to the Shanahan offense with all the different things he can do. And then, you know, just – and then I think added to that, I thought there would be a little bit of extra icing on the cake because, hey, I do play running back and I'm taking car crash hits for your team. And that might not let me see, you know, another year or two in the league later down, you know, the end of my career. That's going to take away from that. See, that to me is where he has more value than DK or A.J. Brown because they ask him to do that. I thought that's why he would get a little bit more money than he did. Um, so I guess that was my second you know, surprise moment of, of that whole thing. Lord Louie is not so happy with your rankings, though. Mm. I love your takes, Chris. He likes your takes overall, so oh, that's good you. to know. But Debo, the second best wide receiver in the league? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Sorry, no way. He doesn't have the elite route running to even be top five. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much Lord Louis has watched film. Okay, and mm-hmm. I appreciate you liking my takes, but I don't. Again, Lord, I don't. I you know. I don't. The route <laughs> running thing is is that's great. I mean, that's great. But okay, Devonte Adams can run a great slant. So can Debo Samuel. And then, like when Debo gets it, I'd rather him have the ball than Devonte Adams. So I don't know, you know, again, I don't, I don't, he played for an offense that threw the ball shorter than any offense in football, yet he kills these people in yards per catch, average yards per reception. What does that say to you? So fuck his route running. Get the ball in his hands, and he's better than the other guys. So that, that's where I, I, I am just not into that as much. That's, again, Lord Louis. I, I don't care. Great Devontae Adams runs the five-yard route to perfection. I'd rather have the guy that runs that same route a little imperfect and then does something after it. You know, so that to me, route running is way too. If we went just the route, why? I mean, it, it just route running, if we were just going to blame, I mean, damn, then Wes Belker and Edelman are the greatest receivers ever. I sh- I, damn, I should have ranked them higher back then. What was I thinking? You know, stop with all this. Stop with everybody coming at me that the guy with the best, most receptions is the best receiver in football. No, it's just the guy that is on a team that doesn't have other weapons and they have to focus on a guy a whole lot. I mean, that's what's to me has happened with Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, the guys we're talking about. A la what happened with Wes Welker back in the day when he was leading the league in receptions. So, you know, again, those are things that, you know, they're great things to have, route running and all that. But, you know, great route runner better be an offense that understands how to use those routes and be schematically good that way to help them get open. Uh, so I, I don't see it that way, Lord Louie. I'm sorry. 
DK Metcalf was not in your top five. Yeah. He got a new deal mm-hmm. as well, though, with Seattle. $72 million deal for a three-year contract extension. What would you think of that? I, I mean, I'm not so, another one I would say I'm not surprised. Another one I think we hit on last week, or maybe it was with Florio. I can't remember sometimes who the hell I said it to. Mm-hmm. But, like, of course that was going to get done. And, of course, it was. What else? I mean, he's – he was the guy that we all thought might get traded during, you know, the offseason because they were going to rebuild and restart the franchise. They kept him. You know, that was their 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 chance. And of course he's going to be a free agent to where all right, so the time was now. They signed him up and yes, you know, just just like the other guys we just talked about. They're just guys you just you I just you don't let them go. You don't. You don't let them go. Uh, as far as that talent, size, everything there. So another one that I'm, I'm not surprised to see that, that he stayed around and was there in Seattle. He told the press, I was going to be here as much as I bluffed to GM John uh, <laughs> yeah, Schneider. I saw that. He said with a chuckle, I wasn't leaving, just to let you all know. I wanted to be here. They didn't need to pay him that much. He wasn't leaving, no, no. matter what they paid him. No. Oh, man. Well, it, they it, blew it. He, 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 uh, <laughs> he, got, his, he got his payday. Yeah, it sounds like he tried to tell Seattle, I'm out of here after this year's over if you don't pay me right now. Yeah. Which, of course, is a, a great thing to use as leverage. But, yeah, I mean, you really look at it, him, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, you know, they basically got the same contract. Devonta Adams got a splash more, and then you have Tyree Kill, who's at the $30 million a year range. But it's really not that. Like, Tyree Kill, if you take away that last year of his contract, I think he's more towards the DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown contract. The last year of his contract is $45 million for that year. Yeah. There's no way he'll ever see that. It, it distorts the average value. Yep. All right, let's hit every team in yeah. the NFC West. Let's Why not, do it. Right? Rams wide receivers. Ooh. There is some news there. Uh-huh. Van Jefferson mispracticed this weekend, meeting with a specialist today to assess his knee, had surgery this offseason after dealing with knee issues last season so that is a concern but got a question here from goal line stand two said hey chris and Amon, do you see alan robinson having a bounce back season in la he did not come up during the receiver episode after a season of injuries and bad quarterback play they've done very well with wide receiver pro scouting at odell cooks woods there as well that it would be wise to trust them so alan robinson bounce back season what do you think yeah no question i i expect like huge year for Allen Robinson, I really do. I McVay mean, gushes about him, yeah. right? Well, he can do it all. He can. You know, he's another he got good size, great jump ball catcher, pretty damn good route runner, you know, can scare you deep. So, like, uh, that's what's cool about them is when they're going, like Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson, they can all kind of be interchangeable. That's where they're really good, except that, you know, Allen Robinson has the type of talent that Cooper Cup does. It's, it's you know, it's up there. So we'll see. I know I'm interested to see with him being healthy, being an offense that can really use him. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him have a big year for sure. He's had some good years. He definitely. Too. I and mean, for some bad quarterbacks. The quarterbacks have not been great. I think we have a uh, Jaguars a with Blake Bortles. All the different, yeah, Blake Bortles, uh, seven seasons in the NFL for Allen Robinson. He's got 22 touchdowns from Blake, 12 from Trubisky, three from Nick Foles, two from Chase Daniel, and one from Andy Dalton. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, it hasn't been – it has not been the best quarterbacks uh, for sure, nor the best offenses to go along with that. Yes. So uh, that that's the thing. And, you know, again, it'd be interesting to see where this goes. Van Jefferson, he hurt his knee. Yep. He's seeing a specialist today. Yep. So here we are 
already now going, oh, shit, they're a little light at receiver. It's Robinson and Cooper Cup and Swarnick, right? And then that's where I do think, you know, the OBJ conversation comes in here. I do. And then, you know, McVay, I saw yesterday, right, I think he was on the NFL channel or whatever, saying something to Odell. Odell retweeted the video and said something like, that's my guy or that's my buddy. So, I, I again, I just – I think it's – I would be shocked if Odell Beckham Jr. is not there. Yeah. One, they need the depth at the position in a little bit, and I think there's a love affair. They like OBJ. OBJ likes L.A., wants to be there. I think that happens. And, man, if they can get him healthy with Robinson and Cooper Cup, watch out. Could repeat as Super Bowl champions, a team that has been in the mix for many, many years, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they got a visit by one Peter King on his training camp tour. Big quarterback battle there in Pittsburgh this month. Who is going to take over for Ben Roethlisberger as the Steelers starting quarterback Peter King on the annual training camp tour caught up with the man who he thinks is in the lead, and that is Mitchell Trubisky. We have a really good quarterback room uh, with me, Kenny, Mason, um, and Chris, our young guys. So um, Coach Tomlin is very transparent about the situation. I've taken all the reps with the one so far, so I'm just trying not to take any day for granted. Just take advantage of this opportunity, continue to lead this team. Um, whether I'm getting the reps or whether I'm watching the other guys getting the reps, just uh, just trying to learn from every single down because we're all insta- installing this new offense together and just trying to get better every single day. So um, it's all about leading and be the best I can be, and hopefully I have an opportunity to lead this team come uh, week one. You going to win the job? <laughs> I like to think so, for sure. <laughs> What if he was like, I probably not. It's not looking great right now, Peter. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get nervous and and buckle towards the end of the training camp, Peter. I don't think I can handle it. You can catch all of Peter's training camp videos on the new YouTube page, YouTube.com/slash/NFL on NBC. We'll continue to tell that until we get to fifty thousand yes, subscribers maybe. on there. All right, are you as confident as Mitchell? Yeah, is he gonna win the job? I am. I, I and again, I'm you know a little bit like the Debo or not the Debo one. What was the other one I was gonna say? Well, is a, a little bit like hey. When, it, when I first, oh, you know, oh, Steelers are going to take a quarterback at 20. Hey, I think even on the, around those pods, I was like, well, that guy will be the starting quarterback. Yeah. You know, but then after the draft happened and, you know, I kind of sat there and I had to do my quarterback rankings. That's when I started to sit there and really think about it a little bit more. And I started to go, damn, Kenny Pickett ain't going to beat Mitch Trubisky out. He's not. He just it's I, I would be shocked if that happens. Trubisky is much more talented than people realize. He is a very gifted runner. He's got the strong arm. Hey, accuracy, I know. We we'd like a little bit more there. But man, not not, not too many people were accurate in the Matt Nagy Chicago Bears offense. So I think there's a little bit of that too. And I just think, you know, with the state of the Steelers, where they're at, right? I think, you know, again, I don't think this is a team that's in a total like rebuild. Their defense, I think, is gonna be good. We know the offensive line's question. But, man, when you think Ahmed about Najee Harris, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Fryer Muth at tight end, that's mm-hmm. like a pretty damn good group right there. You know, to where you go, man, if we have a quarterback that can make a few plays and our defense plays the way we expected to here in Pittsburgh, we can be a pain in the ass. Neil watches PFT yeah. along those lines. Says, yeah. Are the Steelers better this year with Pickett or Trubisky, no matter who they pick, mm. or were they better with Big Ben? Do you think they take a step forward this year, no matter who the starting quarterback is? I do. 
I don't. I'm definitely going to say with Trubisky for sure. You know, yeah. again, it's hard to say with a rookie. I'd like to see Pickett a little bit in a preseason game or something first before I I make that proclamation. I think either way, though, I'll just say with Trubisky, who I do think is in the leader house and will have every right to win that quarterback job and really is going to have to shit down his leg to lose it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to visualize that. Yeah. Um, well, he's not healthy. Yeah. If that happens, he's not, you can't put him in there. Yeah, you can't trust he's his dowels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but um, I think Neil watches PFT. Neil's, I know, a, a big watcher. I think Trubisky definitely gives this offense more potential than Big Ben for a lot of different reasons. You know, one, his arm is bigger, all right? He's got a bigger arm than Big Ben did at the end of his career there. I think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive that way and trying to push the ball down the field, not worried about being so, you know, I'm going to you know, get the ball out of my hand, protect myself, have good completion percentage, all those type of things. I also think he's going to be willing to hold the ball a little bit more than Big Ben was to take shots to throw the ball down the field. His athletic ability and scrambling, of course, is going to be a thing. And then his ability to keep the ball on quarterback design runs is not only going to make him dangerous, but it's going to make the rest of the run game dangerous. So that's where I'd say it has more potential to be a more dangerous offense because I do think Trubisky at helm is going to make the defense defend more of the field than what we talked about so much the last two years, which was four-yard pass, right over in the middle in this type of area with Big Ben, it became easy to defend the Steelers. I don't think that'll be the case with Trubisky. Don't count out Mason Rudolph, oh, though. Oh, baby. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada says he has, quote, a great shot at winning the Steelers quarterback job. Mm, I know. I don't know. I don't feel you, great about that. Would you put a dollar on that, though? If you could win 10. No. Uh, well, maybe I'd put a dollar 10% on chance. Yeah. You, you give him a 10% chance? I, I give him some chance. He does know the offense. He's been there a little while. You know, there's some familiarity. He has played for them a little. Ooh. They know he's trustworthy. My thing with Mason Rudolph is I think at his best, like he's the type of quarterback that, yeah, he didn't lose the game for you today. Good job. You know, I don't think he's ever going to win game. I think Trubisky is a guy that we can come away and go, damn. He made a few plays today that they wouldn't have won that game if he doesn't do that. And the other thing I want to add on to why I think Trubisky's the starter clearly over Pickett, I meant, I meant yep. to say this, I'm sorry, is just the start of their schedule. The start of their schedule, I would never throw Kenny Pickett into that start of the schedule. Bengals, Patriots, Browns, Jets, Bills, Buccaneers, the first six weeks. I know the Jets are the easy one there, but, damn, the other five we just talked about, they're legit. And I don't know if you want to throw a rookie quarterback into the fire and go, hey, you're playing the AFC Super Bowl con- you know, uh, participants from last year, and then the next week we got New England and one of the best defenses in football coming to town. Like, yeah, welcome to the NFL, kid. Yeah. So that's where I don't see that happening at all. Because it would almost seem like you'd have to ride it out with pick. At, at that point, you don't want to start the rookie, bench the rookie, yeah, and then you'd, eventually you'd rather not. start him again. Exactly. You don't want that to happen. Exactly right. You're exactly right. It's, it's hard. You know, at the very – what you want is Trubisky plays great and we do good and then Pickett's the starter the next year. Yeah. Or Trubisky starts to fall apart, you know, after five, six, seven games. And, okay, hey, that's what it is. And now we get Pickett in Need there to get different. some experience. Yeah, and it might not going. be better, but right. it's not it's, great it's right now anyway. It's for the future. Anyway. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly. Yep. All right. From quarterbacks to running backs, yeah. the Chad Barrett asks you, if you were a head coach – what style of backfield would you value? A committee with a variety of skill sets or a bell cow running back such as Christian McCaffrey or Saquon? It doesn't feel like there are a whole lot of – even those two names you mentioned there, still seems like those kind of guys need support I nowadays. Know. I know. Right? You're right, right? It's like the, the 
to me, I don't know. Is there is, is there was? I'm just I'm gonna be careful here because I just want to make sure. I I feel like there was only like three legit bell cows in football last year. Jonathan Taylor, right? Derrick Henry when he was healthy, exactly. He got hurt, but he's yeah. a bell cow. And then Najee Harris. Yeah. Like, I think those are the only guys I would look at to go, like, that's the traditional when Chris Sims and Ahmed Fareed were growing up in the 80s and 90s, that's how running backs did it. Mm-hmm. We had first and second down, they got the fucking ball. Third down, they might have been in, maybe off. And then the next first and second down, they got the ball again. You know, so I, I'm more by committee. I am. You know, again, I, I like the – bell cow type of running back but i'd want in a committee like to me like what 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 the cleveland browns have is perfect in my opinion nick chubb is bell cow type of guy but we're not going to bell cow him into the ground and we got kareem hunt and some other running back so we don't have to fucking kill the guy every year and his career lasts for four years mm-hmm. right that that's what i would want in my perfect world right you know so i guess it's almost a little bit of an in-between there but yeah i i get the point he's the, the guys that you know Hey, we, we know when McCaffrey's there in, in Carolina, they ride him hard. Maybe not the traditional between the tackles, Belkow, but they're like, here, throw the ball to him, screen to him, throw the ball. Hey, here's a run, throw the ball, screen to him. So, you know, that's He's kind of the Belkow that way. The Cowboys have an interesting situation oh. that is already coming up here in camp because mm. Ezekiel Elliott, he's kind of was envisioned as the Belkow. And then you have the emergence of Tony Pollard. And here recently Jerry Jones said, quote, about Zeke, he has to be the focal point. There's room for Pollard while Zeke is in there. Um, so it sounds like, I mean, they want a committee. They don't want to beat up on either one of them. But what do you, what do you think about the Cowboys? You know, you still have a one and a two, it seems like. Yeah. And I, and I think they still want Zeke to be that, that one. Uh, I think we have the numbers from last year, the two of them. Pollard seems more explosive. He's got the higher yards per attempt, that 5.5. Zeke was 4.2 last year. Zeke was the 1,000-yard rusher, but he had almost, what, more than 100 uh, more rushing attempts than Pollard. I know. I, you know, like, th- this, this is the point I was just using, like, just with Cleveland. And like, see, they did that with Ezekiel Elliott. Like, we were just talking about, like, like with Nick Chubb. I, they have the perfect thing there. They didn't kill him and go, and then after four or five years, you go, oh, well, he's kind of done. Yeah. That's kind of what Dallas did with Ezekiel Elliott. That's where it's, it's got to be, like, Bell Cow Committee. It's yeah. like uh, Bell Committee or something like yeah. that to, to add it on there. Um, uh, I, I have a hard time with that. Focal point? I, I just I don't see a focal point type of talent anymore. As you've heard me discuss, I don't, I don't sit here proud to say that. I have, like, great respect for Zeke. And when Zeke was in his prime and, you know, year one, two, and three, man, he was so fun to watch, and he was arguably the best running back in football. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the fact that Dak Prescott won Rookie of the Year over Zeke Elliott the first year is, is fucking insane. The team was all about Zeke Elliott and running the ball. Um, but, like, to me, this is one where it seems like, um, like the owner's doubling down on a past mistake. I know you and I have discussed this before. Yeah. You know, I think that the contract is it's a lot. You know, they're still trying to justify it. And I, I, I just think that Tony Pollard is clearly the more talented runner to where I, I think you're 
if you're starting Ezekiel Elliott and making him the bell cow, you're making it just because you're trying to make up for the fact that you've probably paid him more than you should have, and you're mad about that, so you're getting your money's worth. I don't know if that's necessarily being done for the best of the football team. As we talked about so many times during the season last year where I came away just going, damn, why don't they give the ball to Tony Pollard more? When he gets it, special things happen. Zeke, he gets what he's supposed to, but yeah, as you've always heard me say the last two years, there's there's always a little more meat left on the bone. And that's where I just think Tony Pollard can can deliver more for their offense. They want so badly for Zeke to be the focal point of that team. Just don't know if he has the ability. The yeah. focal point of the Bucks certainly is Tom Brady until he leaves and becomes the focal point of Fox's uh, coverage of the <laughs> NFL. But that is not this year. Uh, keeping him upright, though, is mission number one. He's got to have time. Yeah. Tom Brady's got to have time. He does. And we got that news that their center, Ryan Jensen, out until at least November, December with a knee injury. Huge blow to that offensive line. So now next man up for them is Robert Hainsey. Yeah. A third-round pick last year. At Notre Dame. Had just 31 snaps as a rookie. Tom Brady said about him, he worked hard last year, really gained the trust of a lot of people. He's got to go earn it. So... How much of a question mark now is that offensive line? Yeah, it's, um, you know, Hainsey, I, I got a you know decent recollection of him when I used to do Notre Dame on NBC. He's a good player. I, I do, I want to say he played some center maybe or was a backup there when I was at Notre Dame. I need to double check that all the way. You know, I was a little surprised he was picked as a third rounder last year. I thought he would be maybe a little later on in the draft. Um, but I think the first thing you get, you know, Notre Dame guy, going to be smart. I don't have any doubts he'll be able to handle all that type of stuff at the line of scrimmage and all that. But, yeah, the interior part of their offensive line is certainly a question. You know, for a team that has, like you said, it's a quarterback that's not mobile. He's 45 years old. You know, he needs more protection than the Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herberts of the world. Than maybe any quarterback in the NFL. Well, I think it's probably fair to say. Yeah, it is. You're right. He needs more protection than any quarterback in the NFL. As we've discussed, and it's his biggest weakness, there's nobody more affected by pressure than he is. You know, and hey, the interior part of their line was a question to begin with. You know, lost Alex Kappa, Ali Marpet retired. Damn, those are two of the better guards in football. Now they're not on your football team. I know they got Shaq Mason to replace one of them, but you still got two positions in limbo here. And, yeah, that's where it's dicey. I know the tackle position is great, but for a team that is two years off the Super Bowl, was one of the better teams in football, man, they're going to have a different look to them this year on the offensive side of the ball. No Gronk, you know. Uh, just as far as that, you're going to have Julio out there. I get that with no Antonio Brown. You know, the offensive line piece is a little bit different. Uh, I'd be interested to see kind of how they gel. Of course, a new head coach and all that. <clears throat> so they're, they're, they're a team to watch out for. But, you know, I think all in all, they're still very talented. I don't look at this as I going, know, oh, like, no. They're, uh, maybe. But you think they're going to fall in this trap this no, year, maybe? I, it's, it's just that if there's one thing, <clears throat> if, if the offensive line takes a significant step back. Yeah. yeah you're right. They're in, they're in deep crap. Like, yes, I know. And on paper, it looks like that's going to happen. How could it not? Yeah, well, they got a little more depth, I think, across the line. And this is always the hardest thing, you know, for for a guy like me because you just don't know about backups and guys that maybe they've had the last few years. But I do think they have some pretty decent depth there as far as across the O-line to where – now, yes, to your point, they're going to have to mix and match guys and try to see what the best five is and figure it out that way. Big question, definitely. 
And and as we talked about too with Brady, I mean, almost every bad Brady game or Bucks loss is always the same thing. You know, it's it's teams front four is getting there or they're getting around Brady and because of his age and lack of a mobility, he's really affected by it and doesn't play his best football when he when he has those issues. Protecting Tom Brady, very important. Protecting Patrick Mahomes, very important as well. Got some news. The Chiefs left tackle. Orlando Brown showing up to training camp today. Will play on the franchise tag, $16.6 million. He could have waited until late August to show up with no penalty since he is, uh, isn't under contract until he signs uh, the tag. So so what do you make of this this news? I'm glad to see he's going there. You know, I think that's the best option for him as a player. Yeah, okay, you didn't get the long-term deal. All right. You know, you want to be a franchise left tackle. You were good last year. Maybe they want a little bit better. You know, they took a chance on you and traded for you to let you play this left tackle. You know, Baltimore didn't want to deal with that. They had the Ronnie Stanley thing. You know, there's been the the when he came out, all the questions about his weight and all those type of things. So to where I look at it is goes, yeah, you're getting sixteen point six million, you know. Continue to show that you're invested in the football team, you know, play your best football. And I think both sides want it to work where they're at. I sure. do. They just couldn't come to the the agreement on the the number. And I do think this is a guy that has the potential to be, you know, the best pass-protecting left tackle in football. And I think it was better than the numbers even show last year, really. I think you can look at it and say Mahomes caused some of those issues for, for Orlando Brown. But I'm just glad he's there. I think I'm just glad he's there, one, just because, again, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender. Yep. And I want to see them at their best. And when Mahomes is protected, you know, that's when he's really dangerous. And, and I'm excited to see that AFC West. Got to get to those alternate helmets here pretty soon, but I want to give a shout-out to Ben Wharton 9. Mm. He sent this in a long time ago. I think, Pete, was this after we did our first Super Brawl rankings? I think it was last year. So we talked to our guy, Angelo Dawkins, last week about the Super Brawl, kind of putting a bow on it, and Angelo lost, actually. In SummerSlam, right? That's what it's called, SummerSlam? Yeah, SummerSlam, right. That was disappointing. I know. Because I wanted the Chris Sims unbuttoned effect to kind of carry him to victory. Right, I know. Give him the it extra didn't. motivation. No, yeah. it did not. They ran into a buzzsaw. They were disappointed. The Usos, who he was talking so much trash about. Yeah. You know what maybe happened to him? Right. The humidity of Nashville. Nashville got to them. He warm underestimated out. it. They wore him out. I, see, we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ben Wharton uh, submitted the all-time Super Brawl list. Like all-time quarterback coach combination from back in the day, right? And so I'm just going to quickly read over the top ten because I think it's awesome just to read over the top ten, and then you can give your thoughts on it after we get done. (laughs) Maybe I'll stop after one of them here. Number ten, he had Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick, two tough guys. He said Cap may be too nice. Number nine, Bill Parcells and Phil Sims. He goes, having seven siblings makes you tough. How tough is Phil? (laughs) Phil's pretty tough. Okay. Yep. I, 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 right away, I'm just looking at the number nine going, I think that's probably a little too low. Bill's a big, oh. angry Jersey guy, and Phil's a dumb Kentucky farmer <laughs> that has a block for a head. So, yeah. yes. They'd fight. They wouldn't care about anything else. <laughs> yes. Once they got to, to scraps. Eight, John Madden, Kenny Stabler. O-linemen. They're tough, man, he mm-hmm. says about John Madden. Mike Holmgren, Brett Favre. Those are good ones here. Chuck Noll, Terry Bradshaw yeah. at six. Right. 
Five, he had Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. I mean, that's legit right there. Two very large human beings. Yes. Four, Dan Reeves and John Elway. Yeah, Dan Reeves is an NFL running back. I mean, I don't know what else. You know, they don't make him much tougher than that. He knows John Elway, a lot of power <coughs> in that right arm to Definitely. throw a punch. And just in general. John Elway pow- could power clean 350. Wow. Yeah. John Elway in his prime, legs and ass, big time. He had number three, Mike Tyson, Dante Culpepper. Two yeah. huge dudes again. Yes, exactly. Number two, he had a combo. He had Mike Tomlin or Bill Cower and Ben Roethlisberger. They're both ass kickers. You're right. It doesn't really matter. It's just like get your ass kicked by head coach who's white or get your ass kicked <laughs> by head coach who's black. Which one do you want? And number one he had of all time in his Super Brawl rankings, we'll see if Chris agrees, Mike Ditka and Jim McMahon. Nobody wants to fight against crazy, Ben <laughs> yeah. said. Uh, that's, uh, there's, there's some realness to that. Nobody does want to fight crazy, for sure. Ditka, he's right up there with some of the guys you've already mentioned. That's a pretty impressive, like, ten coaches we've yeah. said who right there. Be, who would be your number one combo of all time? McMahon, my, 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 one thing I'll say with McMahon is he is far smaller than every quarterback on here. Ooh. That's what people don't realize. He's, I mean, I, I would bet you he's not within 40 pounds of my father or – Cam Newton or John Elway and some of those type of guys. I think the one, let's see, that I would look at, I do think Phil and Bill Parcells are underrated here. I will. But I think the two that I look at that I would be, I guess Ron Rivera and Terry, I mean, on Cam Newton. I mean, yes. It's just hard to not. Like, Ron Rivera was a pretty badass when he played in the league, and he's a big guy, like you said, and Cam Newton's the biggest quarterback ever. I know. I mean, ever. So the I, hits that Cam Newton oof. takes and just gets up and yeah. no big deal. It's like the yeah. people tackling Cam Newton are more hurt than Cam Newton no, no most question. of the time. He's a freak of nature. I do think Reeves and Elway is a very hmm. watch out. Interesting. You know, let's don't, you know, not Reeves in, you know, early 2000s when he was a really old, you know, older man. Yeah. It, this is Reeves, I'm thinking like mid 80s, he's the coach of the Broncos still. Yeah. yeah. Man, that, I mean, he was still. You know, pigeon-toed, had some legs on him. I mean, had the body of a guy that played running back for the Cowboys in the early 70s. So Honorable mention, Mike Singletary, too, and Alex Smith. Well, yeah, I wouldn't yep. want to mess with that. And, no, uh, Jack Del Rio and Byron Leftwich. That's Jack another Del good, Rio and Byron good honorable Leftwich. mention. Hmm. All right. All that was right. good exercise. Ben. I like it, Ben Wharton 9. Great job. Yeah, want to do the alternate job. helmets now? Yes. Let's do the alternate helmets. Let's do it. Let's go. We got 13 teams with alternate, a second helmet this year which i like this which yeah. I, I think everyone pretty much widely agrees with that this is a good idea by the nfl we like a little variety out there and so if you're watching i do on our new youtube channel if you're watching on peacock you can see all the helmets right now we were talking before the podcast cowboys on there twice but they are a little different the i don't one, know what the difference is in the, the one on the left the, oh that you think looks that's just like current that looks like their current helmet i don't really know what that is is that I, it doesn't look white to me it looks gray i think but i don't know yeah i think it looks it does look pretty white you do think it's white i do think it's white okay those are all the helmets so we've ranked all of our our top five here have you ranked your top five did you do a top five i did okay so uh so i and i will say this from the get-go yeah i kind of like all of them i do too there's not a bad one on there. i think the only one that i i'm just not sure about that i question at all and i'm still happy they did it is the bears one that's the only one I'm a little <laughs> bit like, you know, I'd like to see that one on the field. That's very yeah. orange. Yeah. Uh, so that's maybe one where I'm just like not as drop dead in love with as the others. If you give me one that yeah. I don't like, I'm not totally sold on, it's the Saints one. 
I don't know about the dots down the middle. They're Fleur de Lis. They're little small Fleur de Lis. Oh, is that what they, they are? are? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Still I kind of like, like them, but okay, cool. Right. Maybe they're on your top five. They are. We'll see. They are. are they on they are. Well, maybe the Bears are on my top five. <laughs> Take that. What's your one? Go ahead. Uh, we're going to go number oh, one. We'll I start. guess let's go five. You're right. We'll go five. Countdown five to one. Pete, you think? All right. Five to one. I'm going Cardinals. You're going Clean, the Cardinals? black. Yeah. Cardinals are my... Number five. It's just a clean look. I like the Cardinal. It's a little bit bigger of a logo, I think. So I like the black helmet. I, I hear you there, too. I do, too. I think that I'm going to go. Mm, which one? Do I, this is where I, I wasn't exactly sure of my rating here. Uh, I'm going to go. You're doing this in real time. I'm doing it. Well, I, I, I had them going the other way, and I'm oh, trying no. to remind myself which way. Uh-oh. I'm going to go with the Texans as five, though. Mm-hmm. I am. I like that red. I don't know what it is about it. It's just bright. It, there's something cool about it. It's a little different. I'm kind of excited to see them with that and their red jerseys. I think that could be a good look. They will be on my list. Number four for me, a team that I think will be on your list, but maybe a little higher, the old Giants, the the, the helmet that adorned your father back in the day, the throwback. I mean, that, we're, we're right in the market for those throwback helmets. I mean, these are the logos that we grew up with yes. even before that, but when we were falling in love with the game, we saw the old-time video sometimes. Yep. Giants are that. They bring back those memories yeah, for me. Yeah, I love the Giants ones. <clears throat> You know that they are going to be higher on my list than right now, <clears throat> so I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Wow, you're getting emotional even thinking about. <laughs> oh like, man, that those logo. Giants helmets—they were so amazing. <laughs> um, my number four. I'm going to go to the Cardinals as a number four. Okay. <clears throat> the one thing that people don't realize about that Cardinals helmet, too, unless you see a video or something a little closer, is there's speckled red in it. Did you know that? I didn't know that. You need to like if you can look it up on your computer right now. If you look at like the Twitter, anything on Twitter that yep. maybe showed a better picture, you could see there's like a red sparkle in it too. So uh, it's really cool. I, yeah, I like the all black. I think it does fit their color scheme. Like yep. I'm not one that loves the oh let's just do anything in the color black. You better have black in your color system yes. to go black at least they have that and i think it's kind of a cool look with a speckled red you no. see it yeah i do see that yeah, yeah i do right? like that i didn't see it at first glance either i saw like a video finally and i was like wait that's a little different than i thought i'm seeing an article now that's saying it's not high in most of the alternate helmet rankings whoa so we're whoa. going out on a limb a little we bit are. right here it's different putting ourselves out there well i'm different <laughs> than you in number three yeah because i do have my most hated team in the nfl the Chicago Bears. I can respect a, a okay. new look. They are number three for me, and I've noticed in my rankings, I do have a soft spot for going with the alternate color. Yeah, a, a, a non-traditional I, I color see that. Right. of the helmet. Right. And so, if if you're gonna go alternate <clears throat> helmet, in my opinion, go big, go, go big. big or go home. Yeah. Right. Don't like you were saying about the Cowboys. You're like, I don't know how that's much different than their helmet right now. Whereas if it is a true alternate helmet, yeah. make it an alternate helmet. Yeah. And so I think the Bears have done that. Yeah, they definitely have. You're right. You're, you're definitely, you know, Google, Google Earth's going to be able to see the, the Bears. <laughs> so don't worry about that. That's yeah. for sure. It's, so like it's, either, constru- it's either construction going on down there or the Bears, <laughs> or the are, playing Bears a, are playing football. Playing a home game. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing they're going to wear their orange jerseys with that too, right? Yeah, probably. Right? So I would think that's what goes. I'm with you. It's cool. I'm all for the alternate look. Yeah. It's 17 games. Yeah. Let's let's you know come Except out. That was your there least it is. Favorite. There we yeah. go. But yeah, it is my least favorite out of all of them. But there could be one where maybe you just don't like that color of orange. Well, it could be, or it could be one of those two where it's one of those where you don't love it, but then you see it on the field and you go, you know what? It actually looks cooler on a football field than I thought. Yeah, and maybe it'll change then. We reserve the right to change our minds as always yeah. here on the pod. When new information comes to light, when you see it in a game, 
You can change your mind. Yeah, I can. Did we do? We didn't do your number. No, three. we didn't. I'm going to go with the Saints there, though. I wow, because the fleur de lis. There's the fleur de lis. I do like that. I, you know, I just yeah, cool look for them. I think they got a cool color scheme. Man, when they go all black with that right there, and now you see the fleur de lis in there. I know. I know. It changes I do see your it. opinion just a little Not bit. Really? Not really. You don't like it, but it's, to me, I guess it was like a little bit like you said. It's just different. It is different. So that's where I kind of gave it like, okay, like you're talking about with the Bears. Like yes. if you're going to do something different, do something different. Yep. And they did that, so I'll be excited to see that on the field. I can give it credit for that. All Number right. two for me is the team that was on your list as well. The Houston Texans, that red helmet, I think that's sharp. I am partial to red, as I've been known to wear red pants in the past. And the logo, I believe, is bigger. It's a yeah. bigger logo on the helmet. It is a bigger logo? I think. I did wonder that. I, I wasn't feel sure like either. it looks bigger logo. in the red. I know. So I feel like they've expanded it. Maybe just with the red backdrop, it just looks bigger. But uh, I, I just like the look. I think that is as good as that logo has looked on a helmet. And maybe it's just the red, but uh, it's a sharp-looking helmet. It is a sharp. That, to me... That's one of those where I'd go, it might be better than your normal helmet. Yes. Like I think so. You might need to make your one your normal helmet the alternate and let yep. this be the this the mainstay. And I, I don't say that about all these. I don't feel that way about all these, but that's one where I do think there's a noticeable difference there. And they're not one of my favorite uniforms in football either. So I think it's a cool look for them. I mean, number two, Slam dunk. I mean, it's a uniform that I've been saying is great for a long time now. Uh-huh. The Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. It's it's really I I don't know what it is. I love it. I think one of our things we talked about when we were crapping on the Bengals uniforms last offseason yep. is that we'd like to see a white helmet. Someone photoshopped I, I think, remember. I think you're a right. mock-up of what it would look like. Right. We're like, that is amazing. I, you know, the Nikeification of their uniforms in general last year, they made, they made them like sleeker and simpler, took some stripes away from the jersey and stuff. First off, I like the way their uniforms look. And man, their all whites are really cool. Now you add all whites with these helmets? Mm. I'm down. I am down big time here. So I'm I'm excited to see Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow in this this little new getup right here. Which is why they are my number They're number your one. one. Yes. They are my number what one. What a bunch of idiots we are. Here's our worst helmets <laughs> from 2020. Right. This is us. <laughs> we had the Bengals as the worst helmet. Yes. Man, we got crushed for that. I know. And now we here we are two years that. later saying it's the best. <laughs> best alternate. Best They've alternate. listened to us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're my number one, just because it's so unique, it so is. different. Mm-hmm. They're t- they're taking a chance, even though I think maybe they test marketed that. I I think that a lot of people saw that white mock up last year and like I love that. And they're like, yeah. okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, they're they're my favorite. Yeah. They're my number. They're one. really cool. They really are, and they're probably the ones you know. Yeah, I, I think their that their get up with the rest of the uniform is maybe one of the m- most like I can't wait to see uniforms in football this year. My number one though. You know where I'm going here. Yes. I'm going, I'm biased. Yes. You're I biased. mean, of course, it's the New York football giants. I just, I love this helmet. It's what I grew up in. Of course, it's my father's helmet. Yes, I got replicas of it in my house and my dad's house and all of that. But yes, it's just, it is football to me. There's something about that helmet in general, too. I like the darker shade of blue as compared to the lighter blue they've had with the NY. You see Big Phil, Big Phil oh. there. You know, those are, to me, those are, those are classic uniforms. Those are the New York football giants. Those are the uniforms they won their first two Super Bowls in. So I'm happy to see those back. See Danny Dimes sporting it this year. They are back. Wow, our list was pretty similar. I know. I know. I had the Bears. You didn't. And you had one. T- you had the Saints, and I, I had didn't. I the Saints. That was it. Those are all the other opposites. Right. And, and for me, 
the Saints was my least favorite, and for you, the Bears was your least yeah, favorite. So that's right, crazy. Right. That's crazy, weird how that crazy, worked out. Very crazy. The Eagles, like the all black there. Well, okay. I'm more excited for Eagles Kelly Green in 2023. Yes. That's what I'm. I do like the Panthers helmet too. I agree. didn't make the list, but I do like it. That's a sharp look. Those it, two colors together, the right, black and right. the teal or whatever that blue is. Exactly yeah. right. That's another one, actually, I'd say just like the Texans, I'd go, mm, that might be, should be your real helmet. Yeah. And the other one should be your alternate because the silver doesn't do a lot for me. And the Patriots, yeah, what's, that guy's na- what's that guy's name? The Patriot? Pat the Patriot? Pat, Pat, Pat the yeah. Patriot. Yeah. So he's back. Pat's that's not back. the throwback. That's just the alternate. Why is he? No, that's the throwback. It is? Yeah, it's their throwback this year, yes. Oh, so that is the throw. Okay, it's like so. the Atlanta Falcons, the Giants. Got They're, it. Those are throwback ones. Got it. Okay. The Cowboys Thanksgiving white helmet. You know, those are those are throwbacks. The other ones were alternates. And what was the deal with the Bucks? With the The Bucks are wearing I thought they were gonna wear their is it maybe it's twenty twenty three as well? Some of these teams, I guess, were not ready to quite unveil it this year, so they're waiting to the twenty twenty three. Wasn't there like supply chain issues for some team? They couldn't I, get them done. I don't know. Or yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah, who yeah. knows? I'm who dealing knows? with that with my Tesla? Make us, make us wait. Oh, really? Oh, it's a year and a half late. First, yeah, it is. It's first world problems. What about I, your? What but I, but <laughs> it's, it's first world problems where I'd like to go, man. Elon Musk, get off of Twitter and start doing something. Your customer service has major issues. Yeah. Your customer service centers have major issues, and your car is a year and a half fucking late. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying about other every other issue in the world. What about your private jet? How's that doing? I, that I don't have it. I don't, I don't have it, and I can't get it because. Yeah. I need my new car to drive me around to make enough money to. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at how Testy is getting one day with no weed, and he's already starting to get angry. <laughs> I'm yelling going at, at Elon. I'm going at Elon Musk today. Tell him to make you a car. Yes, right. Oh, right. Jeez. Yes, yep. Make me a car. Hurry up. I paid for the damn thing, and it's a year and a half late. Like, come on, let's go. Uh, all right. Another ranking. We couldn't get through another pod without a. Uh, Another ranking. I feel. I have a feeling they will be less less harshly criticized on Twitter with this ranking as compared to maybe some of our other lists. I would think so. Yeah, I, I would know. think so. People aren't too personal with this stuff. All right, you know where we are Wednesday, All right? Wednesday or Thursday? Not sure yet because I'm flying to Canton, Ohio on on okay. Tuesday for the Hall of Fame game. Tuesday evening. So the pod might not be out Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday, de- depending on how things shake out, because they're busy, you know, two days there for us and NBC. We're going to get a pod there, and I'm hoping to do that with Tony Dungy, maybe even a Rodney, too. You won't be there. I won't so be there. I'm sorry. I'm going to ditch on you. I'm going to cheat right. on you for a day, all I'll right? Be watching. I'll be watching from home. Okay, thank you. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going we're gonna to do something like that. And maybe I just have a little bit of like a whip around with Tony and Rodney or whatever. Go around just a few main subjects of the NFL and kind of get their yeah. thoughts on it. I'd like to hear what they think cool. about the start of this year and some cool. of the big stories that have happened out there. All right, good. So I think that's what we might try to do uh, either Wednesday or Thursday morning after I do PFT. That'll be the, the pod this week. But you will be missed. Rodney's always Rodney's always unfiltered, so you never know what he's going to say. Oh, yeah. And I can get him really unfiltered. Good. Good. Like We started off a pod <laughs> once, and I came on as my usual, like, yo, yo, yo. What's up, fuckers? And said all this stuff. Yeah. He was like, "Wait, is this real? Like, this is how you start?" And I was like, "This is how I talk. Let's go." <laughs> and we had to stop for something, and he never, we never really got to finish it up. So I'm going to try to get that this week. Good, yeah. And no then doubt. Tony, it's like when he talks, 
he gets done, you're like, yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. You know, no matter oh. what I thought before, no matter what my opinion was before, no doubt. he makes a good point. That's probably uh, right. Usually. Or it's such a good point. He's such a good guy. I'm like, you know, I don't agree with it, but I don't want to, I don't want to disagree with you. I <laughs> that's want you to true. like me. That's true. So I won't go too harshly on you there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we'll look, 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 check us out on NBC Thursday night. Have fun we'll be there. there. Are you excited? Thanks. I am. I definitely am. I'm just hoping it's not 95 degrees like you've had in baseball yeah. in the pregame that's in a suit true. on the on the field. That's what I'm a little scared of because you're but wearing I'm excited. a suit, right? You're wearing I, we're a suit, wearing suit for sure. Tie? The whole, yeah, I think Everything, so. Yeah. The whole crew will be there. Jaguars, Raiders, I'm excited for that. Josh McDaniels, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr. Yeah. Lots How of good players. How much are we going to see of those? You know, I would think maybe playing. none of those. I wouldn't maybe Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you see for a series. Rookie, you know, second year, new offense. Let's just get him out there and get things going. Yeah. Derek Carr, I would think no way. I would think that they wait a, another week for him to, to be unveiled in the preseason. What do you look for in that? What are you going to look for in that game? I, I what always, are you watching To for? me, the biggest thing is just the young guys. I, I almost take nothing from the veterans. I think most veterans, especially the established ones, will play. It's me. Like last year, what did we get? Micah Parsons, right? It was like the first three plays, you were like, holy shit, he's real. That's yeah. he, they, did, he, they made the right pick there. I just thought this is your first look at some of these rookies in live action. That, that's what I try to glean out of it more than anything. We should do that uh, next uh, Monday. Yeah. He's real. Yeah. We'll do a segment. He's real. He is like real. The top three players real. Like, he's real. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. And I'll certainly be there pregame just checking these guys out, looking at them, and checking their bodies out and everything else that way, too. <laughs> you go, know how I do they it. Go, they go, Chris, that's a little weird. You go, no, not if you've listened to the no, pod. No, not at all. I second. always scope out men's hamstrings and butts. That's what I do here. It's the scouting you. It is the scouting. All right, so stay tuned. Like I said, Wednesday or Thursday, Pod will be out. Ahmed, you the man. Thanks as always. We'll see you back next Monday. Next Monday. Back on the pod. Everybody be good. Send in the questions. We'll be continuing to just pay attention to training camp, training camp battles. We're going to do something on that. And as we get towards playing and more practices, I'll be able to start to evaluate some of these guys and some of these situations a little bit better. So everybody be good. Peace out. Ahmed, clap it up. Clap it up.